0: Okay guys. Go ahead. A question is and answers really is more important than the lecture. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Prayer is a ladder. And the job of the ladder is to connect earth with heaven. Allowing us to ascend to a divine paradigm. And allowing spirituality to influence our physical way of life. So the goal of prayer is to go from the egocentric I. To open yourself up to this theocentric center of the universe so in prayer the ultimate prayer is God allow me and empower me to be exactly what you want me to be so far so that even when we pray for wealth the real prayer for wealth is God please empower me to be able to afford to do all the things You want me to do. So every part of our prayer. Is really about opening ourselves up. To the will of Hashem. And that's very difficult. When you wake up in the morning. And the first thing that hits you is. The egocentric eye. That's why it's a ladder. It's a journey. You climb. There are four rungs to the ladder. The sages created the prayer to help you. It begins with the physical creations singing out to God. It works its way up to angelic. It works the way up to the soul and then in silence, the So it's a real journey. It's the real journey of stopping and rewiring the brain from the I, I, I into Hashem Echad. Thy will be done is a very powerful statement. gesture. Because these thoughts come and the pattern it gets hard, and you need to to like play with it or fight with it. I'm gonna give you an answer. Number one both extremes are not good. So, to use an old saying, you need to throw out the bathwater, but don't throw out the baby. What that would mean over here is, we're not here to condemn anyone's father. We're not here to condemn, they came from a different paradigm, Europe, they were challenged, they felt very insecure, all of a sudden the children are smarter than the parents because they didn't learn the language and they're asking the kids to translate things. I'm not going to judge the parents. They, no one's putting them on the stand. What we are doing is, what do I do now? That's all I want to know. What do I do? So I think it's important for you to embrace that the message of your parents were probably right. The way they delivered the parents isn't the best way to do it for today. I'm not even going to judge what happened yesterday. For today, it isn't the best way. So how do I get the baby out of the dirty bath water? and put it into a clean bathwater. And thus, you really need to be able to embrace. I didn't like what happened to me. I'm not gonna do it to my kids. I need to find a different way, a more embracing way to get the same message across. And you keep on going through that process. I'm going to share with you that it's a painful process because while you're trying to break away from a pattern that your parent did to you that you really didn't like, you unfortunately create a demonic image of your parent. And the minute you see yourself act like your parent, you d- I'll commit suicide before I do that. That's part of the process. But don't be so quick to demonize the parent. So you need to find a comfort zone where I understand my parent. I will pass that torch down, but I'm going to change the way the torch is passed down. That torch will go from my grandparent to my parent, to me, to my child. But it's going to be delivered a little differently. Times have changed. The situation has changed. And I want to engage with my child rather than impose upon my child. That's a very different process. One of the key things I can share with you this is always ask yourself, did I, s- did I speak or did my child hear? They're not one and the same. So, if, the yes, if you're, enga- if you're looking for your child to hear you, you need to engage them. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to be the overwhelming, overpowering, overpowering voice of authority, then you'll impose. Unfortunately, today that won't work. You see, your parent was able to protect you, that you'll never get to certain neighborhoods that he doesn't want you to get to. Today, if you have an internet in your house, there is nowhere that your child can't be at the age of six, with all the special things you put on your computer to to program it. So we have no choice. We cannot protect our children from encountering. We can only empower our child how to encounter. So we have no choice but to engage with our child rather than impose upon our child. So if you can just go over that pattern in your head, what my father taught was right. The way he taught it probably isn't the best way that I should give this to my kids. So let's get the baby out of the bathwater, change the bathwater, and let's engage in a new way. I will tell you something else. My parents' generation, I probably don't know a single one of them that took a single parenting class. I don't know many people in my generation that has not read, I'm talking about for my circles, that has not read parenting books. Right, there, you see a very big difference. But very important, remember what you're trying to do. You don't want to throw away the baby. You do want to change the bathwater. Read, read, understand, know why you're reacting that way, know that you don't want to pass that chain on. You want to break that chain and engage differently. One last Go ahead. Yeah, accepting that you do have faith. Before you pray, no, study. Before you study, Torah, you study Torah. Because at the end of the day, a muna will happen... When you rewire your brain patterns of thinking. Thank you. Any other questions? Go ahead. Sometimes I think it can be very difficult to reconcile your heart with your head. For example, you study more about Imuna. Your head now knows logically and it accepts it. it. Gets you to a point where you see that, that Hashem's hand is in everything. And it's, it's a merciful hand, it's a good hand. And that works for smaller problems. They come along, you saw small problem like bumps in the road. So what major problem says is you can all at once. Even though your head is going, I know that this is the decision. It comes from Hashem, it's for my best, it's the right thing. Meanwhile, inside your heart is screaming, but oh my God, do I deserve this? And it's very difficult to reconcile sometimes. Very good. I'm gonna share with you something. You know the one weird thing about swimming is? You can never learn how to swim on dry land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me share with you an interesting teaching. You know how sometimes we're just suddenly overcome with fear and we don't know what it's about? So if you're a female, you immediately call your three kids because you think it's a premonition. Oh my god, let me call. But what really happens is that the fear is baseless. It's totally baseless fear. So now my question is: why did that happen? Why? Why were we all of a sudden overcome with fear and then realize that it just the way it came, it went. According to the teaching of Hasidis. The reason for that is you cannot do tikkun ha-midot without experiencing the midah. You cannot refine correct emotions before you're thrown into the emotion. So before you're thrown into fear, you cannot redefine fear. Only when you're thrown into fear can you now redefine fear. Going back to what you were talking about, until your heart throws at you the scary chaos of different ways of thinking, you can never really redefine the way you think. I'm going to give you one more story. I may have said this story before. It's a very powerful story. So this heart surgeon, Dr. Goldberg, who also was a motorcycle driver, had problems with his motorcycle. So he goes ahead, and he brings his motorcycle to the mechanic. The mechanic looks at it, listens to it, and said, yeah, you got an engine problem. I'm going to have to open up the engine, and uh, you probably have something broken in there. I'll fix it, no problem. So he says, go ahead, just wait. And he opens up, he lifts it up, he opens up the engine, and all of a sudden he screams out, the mechanic screams out, Dr. Goldberg, you want to come in here? Sure. Comes inside. He says, you see what I'm doing? He says, yeah, you're fixing the engine. Uh Aha! The engine is the heart of the motorcycle. I am performing heart surgery. Why am I going to be paid $600 and you get paid like $125,000? We both do the same thing. We do heart surgeries. And Dr. Goldberg gave an amazing answer. He says, hey, smart Alec, I'd like to see you do that while the engine's running. (laughs) I love that story because that story is the secret of teshuva. If you asked me right now, Rabbi, I'd like to give you a gift. Tell me the one thing you want. I would tell you, I would like for you to take care of all my bills so that I can go away to Japan, hide in some monastery, and work out all the issues I need to work out in my mind and heart to do Teshuvah for two years, and then I'll come back. Six months, then I'll come back. You see, what makes Teshuvah real is that you can't do that you have to make a resolution, never to lose your temper again, and then wake up to your whining kid, your wife misplacing her keys, and the kid forgot her lunch, your secretary goofed up, FPL just for some reason doesn't understand that you had a bad month this month. That's what makes it real. Swimming is done in the water. So to answer your question, it is where the heart and mind is struggling with reconciliation that amuna can really be developed. So those moments are actually, we don't ask for them, but when they happen, we need to be willing to embrace them as opportunity. Now I can work on my amuna. Okay? Anything else? Orally, if you weren't shy, what would you say? (laughs) (laughs) Good. I'm going to share with you guys something I say all the time. Your class begins when my class ends because I prepared this class. I've done my class. Now it's for you to go home, argue, think, argue again, think. That's your class. God bless you guys. Be well.